This podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. This is John the American Hilljack Lane at the tone. Leave your name, message, and number, and I'll be glad to get back to you. You still owe me another month's rent, so if I were you, I would start doing some tongue exercises before Friday. Oh, you got a murderous rage in you, and I like it. Oh, it's life boiling up inside of you. It's good. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. You all kept your head on a swivel, and that's what you gotta do when you find yourself in a vicious cockfight. You are full of bullshit, my friend. I will sue you for everything you have. I will sue your ass. Hey, this is John, the American Hilljack Lane, and I'd like to formally welcome you to the American Hilljack Files, episode 17. The scene of the crash, VE promotions, and other bullshit. Today's show features interviews with former Akron Canton Cleveland scene promoter Logan Crash Croslin and one of the more successful Akron Canton scene promoters, Scott and Karina Bendham from VE Promotions. These interviews cut through the bullshit and really get to the cold hard facts of booking, whether good or just downright awful. Now, I keep preaching if we don't pull these on-sign local music scenes from around the country together by using positivity and teamwork, we ain't even gonna have music to hold on to in the near future. Yet, I gotta say that people like the two at VE Promotions truly gives me hope in the way they view things and how hard they work and everything they do. But before we get into the dirt accusations and opinions, I'd like to start things out with the American Hilljack's credo or just my view on how I live my life. Slow and steady wins the race, and good things come to those who wait. I may not be moving as fast as I want forward, but at least I'm not standing still or moving backwards. The only one stopping me is me, and I will forgive the trespasses of those who try to stop me, because I am a pro-positive, real, and original person who will do no harm but take no shit. As long as I have air in my lungs and the ability to entertain on the stage, on the air, or on camera, there truly is no limit. In this world of chaos, untrusted with your people and uncertainties, the time has come to fight, fuck, or hit the bricks. I, for one, am going to keep being a pro-positive, real, and original person, digging my heels, and fight with all my being. In this world of fake smiles, limp handshakes, and two-faced people, you have to be aware of who's in your circle and keep the bullshit out. Bottom line is, you got to be headstrong, be yourself, and stand tall above all the unnecessary bullshit with your middle fingers in the air and tell all those mother truckers, sit down, shut up, and listen, because music lives inside of me, and we do it for the sixth string. When I was just a kid, I put my heroes on the throne. I was never really popular, I sat in the back row. Had very few friends that I like to keep close. There's a lot of things about me that you really don't know. Like, I'm emotional, confrontational, hate to fight, so I try to keep things rational. Ain't got no grudge, ain't no chip on my shoulder, I enjoy my
everything so hard it seems impossible Once you are famous, you think that you're unstoppable Ain't about the money, the girls, or the fame It's about being a motivator through the lyrics that you sing Like, I don't wanna be famous, I just wanna be proud I just wanna be able to say what I'm feeling without always feeling like I'm the odd one I don't wanna be in the spotlight, I wanna be in the crowd Wanna be in the only spot we can crank this shit up loud We do it for the sick string We do it for the harmony and melody Music lives inside me We do this for a living but we do it for the sick string We do it for the sick string We do it for the harmony and melody Music lives inside The American Hilljack Files, Tarachin Sky with Six String, straight out of Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. They're part of the Berg scene, and those mother truckers are coming back to the Empire Concert Club this summer. Yeah, the old Hilljack here introduced them to Uncle Eric, and he loved them so much, he's bringing them back. And that is a band that you need to keep an eye on, people, because I'm telling you, they're up-and-comers. They're the guys that are going to carry the goddamn flag for redneck metal around the tri-state music scene. <laughs> you gotta love them. So, uh, I know a lot of you have been chomping at the bit for this mother trucker. I had to mix this son of a bitch twice. Yeah, my computer crashed. God, gotta love technology. The Hilljack don't. But, uh, so, originally, I had crash first. But I had to listen to Uncle Eric because I wanted to put the good before the controversy. And Scott and Karina Benham are two great people that I got to meet three years ago. They helped out the Hellfire Club. And we talk all about that. And VE Promotions is doing such a great job of everything they're bringing to the Empire Concert Club and hopefully more clubs in the future. I want you all to sit back and listen because it can be done right. It can be done with respect to build the scene as well as help the promoter and the club. And I think Scott and Karina really have that down. And if I'm wrong, I invite any of you mother truckers to come on here 
and debate me. We can do it through Skype. We can do it through BookFace Messenger. However you want to do it. I can come to your house. But please, sit right back. Roll yourself a fatty. Get yourself a beer or whatever you like to drink. And listen to this. It's a lesson in how it should be done in this humble Hilljack's opinion. Get yourself a pool. So here I still am at the Empire Concert Club and Bar, and I brought in two of my favorite people that I always pimp and promote and do as much for because they helped me out when the Hellfire Club first started. We've got Scott and Karina Benedum from VE Promotions. Karina just said that I should ask what VE stands for. What does VE stand for? VE stands for Viper's Ego. That's awesome, dude. And the reason that it's Viper's Ego is because I am Mr. Ego, and she is Viper, so ah. it's Viper's Ego. Ah, and that, you want to give a little background on that? I don't want it to be a long story, but yeah, okay. Um, we uh, we were really big into darts, okay, and uh, that was actually one of our, one of our team names that we she actually came up with, and uh, it was kind of a blend because my nickname in darts was Mister Ego. It would come up <laughs> and say Mister Ego. That's back when I used to be good, and uh, I always called her my little snake, so she was the viper. So it kind of progressed into just our nickname and then when we decided to do this promotions thing we went ahead and went with that that's so. awesome dude well well it's kind, those... kind of a boring story but no it's yeah, not that's what it is see see he just don't get it people fucking this is a shoot interview we talk about this shit so you know you guys how long have you actually been because for all my you know book face and motherfuckers out there that listen and all those other people. Of course, you've seen me share their shit. And Scott, you know, started out. Was Rippers your first time? Yes. Not um, the old, not the old Rock House. Yes. Know? Three, three years. This September will be our first show. The first show we did was an all local show called Loud and Local. Yeah, and, and there was uh, a shitty band on there called the Hellfire Club. Uh, yeah, actually, they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's actually a funny story too because. Um, we met the, you uh, the night I met you was right here at the Empire Concert Club. We uh, played with Run Sun Rising, and that's when you asked us to be on the Loud and Local show. Was that, it? Yeah, that was our first show. Was with Red Sun Rising, and you guys come out that night, and nice. you asked us to be on the Loud and Local show that night, and that was in August. Yeah, the the whole reason we did that. Now, I mean, we were already considering starting the, the whole VE promotions thing. Um, right. We we had like gone to a bunch of local shows and and we knew some club owners and things and and we were fans, so we kind of knew every aspect of a show. And we saw a bunch of problems with it. And the thing that no. really... Yeah. Problems it, in the Akron local music I, did, scene? I, I never said I could fix everything. I just had different ideas. Right. So the thing that really kicked it off was uh, a, another area promoter named Logan did uh, um, <laughs> helped Micah and Tim with their one-year anniversary show. And the funny thing was, was the whole time that show was going on, I was on the patio and he kept coming out to me saying, hey, where should I put this band? How should I do these lineups? So, so you you tell me that the night of the show he still didn't have the lineup. Yeah, he had no lineup. So it was a big clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm just well, gonna put it out. there. Well, it was a Logan show. So <laughs> I kind of sat there and me and Micah were talking about a week later, and I'm like, I could do a fucking better show than Logan, and I had never done a show before. Right. So I decided to do this festival, this one day festival of all locals, or we had a couple out of towners, but mainly locals. But and, you, you uh, picked a good area to bring in the out of towners from. Oh, um, yeah, I did. I'm just saying. I did. He brought in some Berg motherfuckers. That's what I'm talking about. So we did it in September, which was a couple months later, and uh, it was great, dude. It was it, I, it ran I kinda, well. I kind of thought it was better than the the show for the one year anniversary. I mean, it's not knocking 
you know, the Rock House at all. It was just just the format was a little better and. And it worked well. I, I, I think it did. I and I'm not. And I'm, I'm. And trust me, I'm a cynical dick. You guys, for I didn't realize that was your first show. That was our very first show. When and was you, that you really we got, had vendors and all kinds of. Shit yes, there. and and not only that, you, the way the changeovers went, everything. Because for me, as a at, when I'm performing, it's harder for me when you're playing with a bunch of different bands when you have a, you can't have a good changeover between acts. And you guys had it all lined up very nice. Uh, the bands, we all worked together. We all were respectful. I mean, everybody was. Yeah. Oh, yep. Wait. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. There's there's a funny story about that too. Did because cut him off? yes, yes. Because I actually cut the sound and lights off on you guys because uh, you guys were playing over and I and I had a guy running the stage, uh, Greg Suey, and, and he came out to me and he goes, "They still got three more songs." I'm like, "They only got time for one." And you were like, "You want one more, motherfuckers?" And I'm like, "No, don't do it." And you pushed it, and we cut your sound, and I swear to God, I walked right out on the patio, and I said, that drummer knows kung fu or something, and <laughs> Chuck Dobbins all, is going to come out and kick my ass. I don't everybody know was guy. all worried. Always everybody, everybody was all worried, but we weren't. Here's the whole thing. I'll push it as far. Once you get me on stage, I'm a totally different person. You know, my ego's, you know, you talk about Mr. Ego. My head's, you know, bigger than a you know, Mac truck. And yeah, you know, I had the crowd and palm my hand. I was just doing my thing. But when you cut us off, we just knew it was done. And you, you know, you seen what I did? I just put the mic back in the thing. I had everybody cheering the Hellfire Club, and then we walked off. And he was worried. Yeah, that's everybody's always worried about you know Chuck. <laughs> well, it was but, my first show. I'm not worried now. I'll, I'll, I'll cut the sound off all the time. <laughs> that's great. But yeah, that was that. Yeah. Now knowing that it was your first show, oh my god, that was. I'm giving you all the credit in the world. That was done very well, and it was done very you know organized. In these next coming years, that you, how much have you learned and gathered to keep going? Because you're doing great here. Like you just had a G- Gemini syndrome here, and it was packed asshole to belly button. And it was a great fucking show. And I know that's you know you have Gemini syndrome, of course, but you had some locals on here that were fucking kick ass as well. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of great locals. Um, I've worked with some not so great locals only once. Right. So um, I think I've learned the, the biggest thing I've learned is is you have to be humble. Right. You can't you can't go out with a puffy chest and 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 your rooster feathers all all standing straight up. It it, it doesn't work. Right. Um, you need to treat people right. And you need to be honest. I'm not the kind of guy that will throw uh, ten bands on a local show. I, I don't think it's needed. Logan. I think if you grab the right bands, I think it works. Right. Um, I, ha- I I I always like the bands to know how long their sets are and when they're playing. I'm I'm also not one of those guys who sets up the. Uh, show and then tells you your time slot and how long you're playing when you show up for load-in. Um, no, pe- no. People need to know. Um, promotion is, is is a thing that works from the venue all the way to the bands, and the promoter has a big part in that also. So everybody has to be on the same page for the show to work. And ultimately, from the time the first band plays to the last song of the headliner, it's all about the fans having a good time. So they don't need to know the business end of it. Uh, all that shit should be worked out beforehand. Yeah, because it, it should be seamless. It should be smooth. So because the day of the show, I hate even shows that I'm just going to watch when it, all the laundry's on display. You know, when you got bands arguing and shit like that. Right. You see bands at the at the bar fucking with grumpy faces, ordering their shots and mean mugging other bands. I mean, you, yeah, the outpost. You don't need that shit. <laughs> you know, I didn't say. That. I did. So, you know... It, but you got to be humble. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it, and, and that's I, the bottom line. And I know I can come off as, you know, a dick about things. And it's just hard for me because, you know, being around for 25 years doing this, and it's hard... Guys like guys like you are rare that actually give a shit 
that you know actually want to make it good for the fans instead of what's you know just going into your pocket and you make the experience and i'm saying this from the bottom of my heart i've never had a bad experience working with you i appreciate that and that's why you're one of the only promoters in this area that our band is willing to work with the ticket thing where you know let's take a bunch of money and just pay for the fucking national and you know here you know you show up and okay you know uh yeah you were gonna play you know first but now you're gonna play third or you know or whatever all that shit just, yeah, it's, it's never it's, based on ticket sales it's I mean, it's, I, it's, I, it's bullshit yeah i i've had my opening bands believe it or not numerous times the the actual show opener outsell the other yeah, locals combined. exactly i'm not going to switch the lineup i mean that's that's the way it is but i also remember that so when the next, for the show next time comes up you know, they get a better spot. Bones of Giants is a prime example. They just played on the Gemini Syndrome show. Uh-huh. And uh, they sold more tickets than the other two bands combined before I cut them off. We were getting close to a sellout, and I told the locals, you got to stop selling. They were already at their peak before I told them that. And it, they wanted to sell more. I'm like, look, can't. I have to, I have to watch these numbers. Um, but that being said, I also told them at the show, I said, look, you guys hustle every fucking time right. I have you on a show. You guys will not be opening shows anymore. You guys will now be direct support. That's and, awesome. And they've earned that. I mean, it's it, but it, they pro- it, they've proven, and that's the, and you paid attention. Right. And that's and that's my right. point. I, I, I track all the bands I work with, so I, I I know the ones that don't draw. I know the ones who are assholes. I know the ones who refuse to sell tickets. And that's I know us. the ones who beg to be on the show <laughs> and then don't sell tickets, just because they they want the ex- exposures. A fine thing. I mean, it's it's needed for for bands, especially when you're play, playing in front of a national. Right. But it, you you have to have the opportunity to make some money too. You might right. only be making a few bucks off the ticket, but the nationals aren't cheap, and the nationals nope. bring the crowds. And, and if, if if I book a national that is t- that is bringing in half the room, they're worth their guarantee. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, that, it, it's it's just numbers. I, I just you know put it out there. You, just because you like a band doesn't mean it's going to do well in this area. And that's exactly. what I that's why I put, put across to Logan. My dad told me, and I wish I would have listened. I didn't listen to I was you know, in my thirties that it doesn't matter anything how good a band is anything it's how many people are through the door and ass every 18 inches that's all that matters and that's what i was trying to put across to logan you know yeah i understand being young and ambitious but you know the business is what it is and especially it's you know, still a business it's it at the end of the day it's a business that's all that matters i can see from both sides of the fence i've yeah i've been a booker at a club i've been you know i've done i've done all that shit so i can see it from both sides of the fence a lot of a lot of guys just think oh well there's people here so there's got to be money no, there's not because there's a lot of time like we we're just talking outside. Once someone pays their money, then they ain't buying anything at the bar. Yeah, that equates and everything. When people don't realize when a bar opens up at the beginning of the day, the, the meter's running twenty four seven on the mm-hmm. electric, on everything else, mm-hmm. on the liquor license, the insurance, everything else. The bullshit that you know just because people are here that night. But a lot of times, you know, as you, you know, down at Rippers. You'd have a ton of people there, but you know, not too many people buying food, not too many people buying drinks. Exactly, and I've also found out that that more times than not, when you have a very strong local, I mean, a very strong national, um, with just a few locals on the on the bill, the bar is going to actually do less revenue because yep. people are listening to the music. Yep. So when you have the strong locals on there and you have the strong headliner, people are buying their drinks in between sets. Right. So the bar might do less money, but bottom line is if you have a couple hundred people in the room... That makes up for it. Exactly. That's what people remember. It's up to the venue or the club to treat those people well, take care of them when they do need drinks. Right. Um, 
it, it, it's up to the bands to put on a good show because that's what the fans are going to remember. They're going right. to say, man, I was in this club. It was fucking packed. Every time I needed a beer, I could get a beer. They're not tracking how many beers they drink. They, just at the end of the night, they're like, holy shit, I got a $100 tab. Right. I mean, that's just what it is because they were enjoying the night. But they're not upset by that. But because they had a good night. Exactly. And that's, and that's the what goal we're, of, of everything. And that's what's missing a lot, in my opinion. Around this area is like you know, and I'm just going to shoot out there. There's a lot of them, a lot of these that just put these bands together. A lot of these shows around the area that I watch, and even my son's band gets on some of these shows, and I tell them you got to stay away from them. Where they they just pack, you know, like you said, twelve or fourteen fucking bands into the vortex, and it's just a jack off session. And where there's you know the only people there are fucking the other bands, and there's no crowds because the bands suck. Well, what, whether it's any specified venue or, or or not, it's it's you can't have more band members in the crowd than fans. Exactly, I mean, uh, the, the the numbers don't work. Uh, the whole idea of putting that many bands on a bill is to sell more tickets. So you should be. I mean, any local band should easily be able to generate fifteen to twenty sales. Right. Um, so that being said, if you have seven bands on the bill, you should have one hundred and forty paid tickets. Right. If you don't and you have less than 140 total in the room, then there's a problem with your numbers. Exactly. Because otherwise, you should just have a free show and let all these bands practice for each other. Exactly. Because the only exposure is to the other bands. And that's exactly what I told you. That's what and I told. it doesn't get you anywhere. That's what I told my son. I said, you could have done, you could have done better if we just you know, opened up downstairs and you know, let, let the people in from the neighborhood. You could have done better than if you would have you know, drive to back.
Sidebar. Demand? Sir, we haven't even called a case. You better have a good reason to demand anything. Well, I do have a good reason, Your Honor. I just want to go to the ultimate dive bar in Armstrong County, let alone the world. Sidebar is a small bar with a big atmosphere open seven days a week. It's a place with a big city feel and a rural community. It's the ultimate dive bar. Trashy with a touch of class. Sidebar is some of the best food with their menu of delicacies to please your taste buds. It also has a wide selection of seasonal, specialty, and domestic beers from around Pennsylvania, the United States, and the world. Sidebar provides some of the best live shows in the area featuring local, regional, and national acts which include everything from rock, country, punk, to hip-hop. Sidebar is all about live entertainment. So if you're looking for a place with great food, great people, and a great atmosphere, Sidebar at 190 Clearfield Pike in Catang, Pennsylvania, right around the corner from the Armstrong County Courthouse, is definitely the place you want to be. Like them on Facebook to keep up on all their events and specials. But more importantly, stop in and become part of the family. So, Your Honor, do you have any objections about the Sidebar? Only that you didn't tell me about this place sooner. I might have to hold you in contempt of court the next time you appear in front of me. Really? Well... Not if you buy the next round some more of those wings.
Cooper from Rap Bastard Syndicate, Southern Ohio's badass redneck metal band that I love, only because Steve Theato was an American dog. Nah, so it's Keith Pickens, and they're just a great band. And before that, you had Screaming for Silence with The King is Crowned. Now, I'm going to jump right back in here to this cool little interview with Scott and Karina. Don't go away, because it's a lesson. It really is a lesson for all you young'uns out there and some of you old mother truckers that are in denial about the business. So uh, kick your feet up. It's getting interesting. Well, I, also, the bottom line is that you the bands need to want to be on the show. Right. That's going to motivate them to bring fans, to sell tickets, what, I mean, whatever the format is for the show. It has to be like-sounding music. I don't, I don't know how many times there's a hodgepodge, hey, let's, let's put this country acoustic act in front of this reggae band opening for this metal headliner. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work. Sometimes it can. It can, but on a rare occasion. Right. Except it's on that last show that we did with you guys. Oh. It was all random, yeah. and it worked really well. Yeah, December 31st worked, worked out pretty good. Again. But it's not the norm. It's, it was done the way we did it, though, was tastefully done, and it wasn't so askew off the mark. Like right. that, acoustic, that, that, that acoustic act, they did you know 80s music and stuff and everything, but it was good 80s music mm-hmm. that our crowd would also like. Right, right, and, and that's what it has to be. It has to be the, the people in the crowd shouldn't have to want to show up at 10 o'clock because that's the only music they like. And I hate, I feel bad, and I'm just a shooter. I hate when people message and even comment on my things. What time do you guys go on? And even though, and you notice I put that on each comment. Yeah, we go on at 10, but you should show up and mm-hmm. see every band, right. get a pool of every band. You know, to me, dude, I'm an old motherfucker. You know, I'm not that old, but, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, and there's a lot of, I like to get the young guys opening for us and playing with us because I want to give them the chance that I got, you know, from guys that I respected. Because I'm just going to put out there, you know, I loved World Gone Mad, but there were several times we opened up for them that they didn't tell their, they told their crowd not to show up until they played back when I first come out here. And I was like, that's fuck bullshit. Then I, I don't ever want to do that. Because, you know, to me, everybody has to work together. I mean, and especially now. I'm going to, I heard, I'll just kick into it. We talk, yeah, I heard you talking out there about the ticket sales and the prices and everything. And I know we disagree on that. And you know, and I'm more than willing to debate that with you. Scott goes with the the seven or eight dollars for tickets. I'm still on that five dollar fence thing. My thing is, I know my crowd, so maybe I'm wrong. So let's let you know, I'll let you shoot your you know shoot your thought on because everybody's heard my thought on it. I I don't think that a five dollar ticket is wrong. Um, no, I, he don't think it's wrong, but he thinks I, he thinks I, I, we're I think I th- he, he thinks we're he thinks us bands that are doing that are we're pigeon-toeing ourselves. So you understand, I'm not I'm not trying to put you know a, a bad spin on it. You think you're pig- we're pigeon-toeing ourselves and hurting ourselves in the by, long run. In yes. the long run, okay. Yes. So uh, for for the simple fact that it's it's like anything else, people get used to paying the five dollar tickets. Okay. Um, I have seen it numerous times. I've heard it numerous times over the years that people are like, you know, I'm not paying more than five dollars to see a local band. Right. It's a local show. Or wait a minute, I I have to pay seven dollars now instead of five dollars. Well, that's that's one less beer I can drink. I'm not going to that show. Right. These are lame excuses. I, I, I mean, seriously, I, another two dollars. And and we, and we just had had the, the talk on the patio. People are saying, well, you know, shows are tough on the weekend to rock on the range because you know all the. All the music fans are down in Columbus for that weekend, and I and, and I and I tend to disagree with that. I absolutely disagree with that because, first off, you have people down there that spent a hundred and some dollars a day 
to go see a band. Those but, are not the people that aren't showing up to your five dollars shows. But at the same, but at the same time, to a certain extent, the fans that come see us are the fans that are down Rock and Range. All, all the people only, that come to Hellfire Club, o- but, o- only because it's like music. Yeah, but the prices are way off because these right. are also the same people that will bitch on Tuesday about an upcoming oh, show yeah. next weekend, and they're going to say eight dollars. I'm not paying eight dollars to see that band. Are you kidding me? No, but you'll hop in your car and you'll rent hotel rooms all weekend long. You'll drive two and a half hours down there and you'll pay three hundred dollars for a weekend pass, and and say you had a great time, but you won't pay eight dollars to drive fifteen minutes from your house to see a show because you can only have one less beer. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Now I can see from that aspect, from the business aspect, you saying that. But from my aspect, being the blue collar, you know, just like you, I have a day job. This yes, yeah, I know, no, that's what I'm saying. So everybody knows <laughs> he's he busts his ass. He, you know, he busts his knuckles, fucking working on cars. And I give him all the credit because I grew up, you know, a mechanic family, and I stood right by and just handed tools because I hate working on cars. <laughs> so. I see, like, from my end, what I see is, like, a lot of people, uh, you know, they have to get babysitters and everything else, and it all, it all adds up, and the, and the money just ain't as prominent in this area anymore as it once was. But I do see, like, $7 ain't bad. I do agree that 7 or 8 bucks shouldn't be that bad, okay? See my crowd as the $5 crowd. Maybe, I'm, maybe I am pigeon-toned myself. You know, the ones that bother me is, like, they want $10 for some of these shows, and the bands, there's only one good band on it, and I think that's what a lot of people are looking at it. And there's and I and, and you guys do a great job promoting. The Empire does a great job of promoting, but guys like Logan, yeah, I'll put it out there again, don't do a good job promoting. So you don't even know what you're getting. So you're getting a shit show, and you show up, you got fucking bands that actually suck, and that's what I think. That's what you know killed a lot of people going out because now they're saying they think over that five dollars, you know, and there's not a good enough good promotion. I push myself. Yeah, you know, I'm a whore. I'll put. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'll push out anything. There's a lot of bands that are better bands than even my band that people don't even realize that are out there because they don't promote themselves properly. I'm not getting a lot of people on this, you know, listening to these podcasts. I'm trying to. And, you know, that's why I try to introduce a lot of people to the Radiatrix and all these bands that are good bands. But that's why I think the key is showing people that there's shit out there to get out of their house. I absolutely agree with that. My, my only issue is, I, first off, I don't, I don't think any local show should be 10 bucks unless it's a festival or something like that. Um, I think local shows should have a cap, but I, I, I truly believe that a $5 bill is, is undercutting the scene. If you have bands coming from Cleveland or Youngstown or even driving up from Columbus or something like that, they have gas money. A $5 cut door right. is not going to pay them much more than their gas money to get here. But these could be great bands. Right. Um, a, a couple, and, and this is the business side of it, a, a few more bucks at the door goes a long way for the show. In the long run, yeah. I mean, Logic-wise, yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically, if you can get 100 people in, in the door, which is not, or it should not, be hard to do with three three good bands. Let's just take three good bands. Right. You get 100 people in there at 5 bucks, that's 500 bucks. Right. At 7 bucks, that's $700. It's right. an extra $200. True. I mean, so in the big scheme of things, it's only $2 per person that came in the door. But is it really the people saying, hey, look, you know, I, I had to get a sitter and I had to Uber here and I'm going to have to Uber home and I have to work tomorrow and my rent's due, so I can't pay the extra 2 bucks? Right. Or is it, hey, Joe Blow is playing down the street next Cheaper. weekend for free. Yep. 
And so I refuse to pay more than five. And that's to what come mostly to this one. that. And that's what it mostly is. And I've said that on my show myself. The hardest thing is is when you charge extra, like you said, there's there's so and so down the road paying you know playing for free or for three bucks, so we'll go down there instead, mm-hmm. no matter and, and how shitty the band is. They're playing is. the same kind of music. Yeah, and, or, and it could be a worse band. Well, it probably is. You know, but but they're still playing the same kind of music. A lot of people don't really care about the quality. And, and this is not knocking anybody who pays the lower ticket prices or whatever but they don't really care about the quality it's more about the experience of hanging out with their friends and you know exactly. having some beers and things like that so i mean the band could be terrible but right. hey you know we're all going to go down to the corner pub and pay three dollars and we don't really care about music but we know there's going to be a lot of people there and it's and it's hard like i like i mentioned outside it's hard you're fighting against netflix you're fighting against hulu you're fighting against access where you can sit and watch a concert out of la for free or now that you even got the ones that you know whole concerts from everywhere from different stations so you know you got to give a reason for people to come out of their house you really got to put a show on to make the show the show's fun yeah and, and you you have to have it with good bands i mean there's a lot of good bands out there there's there, there's some shit bands obviously there always is in every scene but i mean there, there's a lot of good bands and there's they're they're trying to get their name out there but they just don't have the exposure because people don't go to the shows yeah and it, it has nothing to do with the amount of venues because eric and i were just talking about this you know i've i've been kicking around for the last year or so about opening my own club would i open one in akron no no, and I, I, for the simple reason that Akron is not big enough to house more than a handful of clubs, because now you have another place to play, but it's still only four or five miles down the road. road. There, exactly. There's no difference. You're still playing the same scene. So you're saturating the area with another club, and I've tried to explain it to people. You don't open another McDonald's two blocks from right. the McDonald's. You can't do. Right. You can't do that. And with every bar trying to bring in music with with no sound, and bands have to supply their own sounds, and now they're asking for guarantees. So they come to the actual clubs who have the sounds, who have promoters who are willing to work mm-hmm. with them. Uh, they they have legitimate promotions in place. They're like, well, you know, we just got seven hundred dollars to play the corner pub that's what we want from you guys and we're like no you know you're gonna either sell tickets or work for the door well i'm not gonna tell people to pay it's a double-edged sword because you know you you get these bands who become expectant and that's just not realistic and when we come here we play for the door and we have no problem problem with that because we don't have to do all the fucking footwork of hauling a goddamn pa in at the you know in and out of the night and that's what these bands don't realize. Promo behind you. I mean, the yeah, club yeah. and whoever else is. Oh, I mean, Eric e- does. Even if it's not my show, if I see a good show pop up on, you know, at the Empire or, or wherever, but mainly here, I'll share it. You know, right. so now people are seeing that. You don't get that from just a, a, a bar that wants you to come in and play. And no, throwing money at you. I right. Mean, it's, it's, and Eric really pushes. You know, Eric and the guys here really push, and that's that's what's really cool. There's a lot of clubs that don't even do that. That's why I give right. so much respect, Eric, and that's not just because I'm here, Uncle Eric. You know, using your office and you know farting on your chair. I can agree to disagree, and I can uh, communicate on these things with you because you're realistic. You're looking at it from a realistic basis, whereas a lot of the guys don't. There's been so many bad promoters and so many bad club owners, and now we got t- good ones that a lot of these people don't realize that the good ones are out there. And that's why I want to show both sides of the fence and show there is good people. I, I know I get a lot of criticism for being outspoken, but I'd rather be outspoken. Ah, yeah, outspoken. I'd rather be outspoken. I'd rather be outspoken and be honest than sitting back and just kissing ass like a lot of the people do around. Well, I mean, people know where you stand. Like, it's a no-brainer. I mean, uh, it, people know where I stand as far as ticket prices go. Uh, people know how, how I do shows. Now, uh, 
here, here's one of my biggest things is that a lot of the bands hate promoters for the simple fact, and, and here's their argument, we don't need promoters on the local scene. We don't, we don't need people to line their pockets on our shows. I agree. I agree. But you don't line your pockets. Of, I, I don't, ever. My pockets have holes in them. Yes. Um, so you people I, know, he struggles <laughs> to fucking put a dollar in his pocket. He, he handles the bands and treats them with respect and makes sure everybody's handled. I always handled. show, if there's a guarantee, with, whether it's a local or a touring band, and, and there's uh, money that they need to receive on the night of the show, I walk into the club with that money in my pocket. Right. I, I, I don't count on the door to bring it in. I don't count on anything else. I make sure that that money is done. Right. That way, if... If it's it, it, for whatever reason the show tanks, my word is still good. The band's still getting paid. Okay. And uh, if I can't do that, then I'm in the wrong business because I can't. I can't tell you you're going to get 500 bucks and then at the end of the night not have 500 bucks and hey, can I owe it to you or you know? Oh yeah. Can I write you a check? It but you hand- doesn't work that way. But you don't do that way. No. You know, you've never done that. And okay. yeah, from the day one. That's what I'm so I'm still sitting here in shock cuz I didn't realize that was your very first fucking show very that. Show. But that was the first legit show. Yeah. Everything else was just free patio shows. Cuz you know I work with the guys from Rock for Life. I love those guys, Steve Mack, and you were right up there with that kind of organization and they've been doing that for years. So for you to do that in your first show it was, it was very fun. impressive. It was fun. I mean, I learned a lot, um, and I've tried to apply it to every other show that I've done since then. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely fun. Uh, I, I got a little sidetracked here, but as far as the local saying we don't need promoters and all this other shit, I agree with that 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other 15% falls on national shows or touring shows, Gemini Syndrome, Flaw, you know, A Killer's Confession, right. any one of those shows. None of these local bands were going to bring those shows here. No. None of those local bands were going to send them into deposit, sign the contracts, get those bands here, get all those fans in the room for them to play in front of. Now, that's a whole different side of the business that locals aren't... They might know about it, but they think they know. They They think they know or they don't know at all, and that's what makes it worse. Right. If you have a a show lined up with three or four or five local bands, yeah, there's... And I've even said that, that there's no room for me in those shows. It, it doesn't do me any good. The, it's only satisfaction for me to push a show like that or to help somebody out because monetarily, am I moving forward by doing that? Not really. Right. Uh, so on the business end, there isn't any any place for me on a local show. But when it comes to the bigger shows, you better believe that you need promoters or you need venues that are taking those shows. So these are also the same the same people who are saying this, you know, fuck promoters. We don't need them. You know, they're just they're they're money hungry. They're lining their pockets with my. Those are also the bands that will not be playing on the national shows that I bring in right. or, or the touring bands. And I'm not saying I bring in the best shows, but the shows I do bring in, people want to play on. How, how else are they going to play on those shows? Right. And what people don't realize is I don't want to sell tickets. Cover band, you shouldn't have to sell tickets. Well, not a cover band. I hate being fucking... We, we have originals, God damn it. I just argued with Dave about that, my own guitar player. <laughs> yes, we do play a you know, majority of covers. But we were, we mixed the originals in, and we have enough originals that we come out. We could do we could do forty minutes. There'd be no fucking problem. But I don't want to sell tickets, and that's just me. And I'm not saying I'm right for it. I'm not saying I'm wrong for it. If it was a decent band that would get me further, right now I don't have CDs to sell. I don't have fucking. I just got shirt. So for me to do a a, a, a night with you know Gemini Syndrome, all it's going to do is give me exposure, and which is cool by far no means. And I think Gemini Syndrome is a fucking great band. But at the same time, I don't have no merch to move. So there's no sense of me being in there. To me, there's no sense of me being here. Right. You're going to get lost in the show. People yeah. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, Hellfire Club was good, but I don't remember what they played. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's been my thing. Or yeah. new fans won't even remember your, your name. name. Right. Because there was nothing to 
take right. with them except the shirt. To me, that's you know, and that's logic. That's just the way I, you know, that's knowing the business. You know, the only thing I have is I, I got, you know, last call, the live version that on here. For me to do shows like that is just pointless. But at yeah. least you're realistic. I mean, you... That's why I say, me you, know you can always go... To, limits. Yeah, that's why I mean, you can always talk. Right. But the thing that Michael McIntyre could come up with when he was in the band, we have a three-band gig. We, whatever money we make, we split, you know, and give a third. The opening bands get the same amount, you know, that we'd get for that set. Because that's the way it should be. Because if not, we'd have to play three sets. And then we got shit for paying our opening band and trying to be fair with our opening bands. There's a lot of people around here that got pissed about that. But I remember coming out and busting my ass playing for free. Why don't you... I try not to do that. I try to give everybody the chance because, you know, I got that chance, you know. Yeah, no, nobody ever, and I, I I don't think anybody would ever say this, but if they did, they're completely lying. None of my openers or locals have ever played for free. No, ever. No. Because even if it is a national show and we have a high guarantee we have to meet and you might only be making a few bucks off those tickets, we're still giving you a few bucks off those tickets. Yeah. And we're not doing it like the like the bigger promotion companies. We're not saying, hey, look, you get a dollar off every ticket till you hit 25 <laughs> yeah. and then two until you hit 50. We're not doing all that shit. And a lot of times what it is, it's we give you the biggest percentage possible off those tickets from ticket one. Yeah. So if it's a $15 ticket and I know that I can swing $3 off those tickets, it doesn't sound like money. Much, but I, I've got to pay that national. Yeah, so, but, it's, but, it, but, you're but being you don't honest. have to earn your two dollars. You're you're making three dollars off that first ticket. But you've always been honest and upfront about what you're doing. You don't. You know, there's no catch twenty two well, at the end of the night. Well, here it is. You're play, you're 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 playing for half an hour. You if you sell thirty tickets, you just made ninety bucks. Plus, you're playing in front of all the other openers fans that maybe you've never played before, and, if you got, and the headliners fans. So you're getting exposure and a hundred bucks to play locally. And, and if mean, you got your merch, you can, even if you have CDs, you can hand out. You got you. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. You got people right fucking there to, well, to do that with. Exactly. And, and back back to you know because since we don't fully agree on the whole ticket thing, and that's fine. But how many door splits at five dollars do you have to play to make a hundred bucks? And you just made it on a $3 cut on a ticket for playing in front of a right. national. Right. In front of 200 people. Right. You know, so, I, I mean, there, there's pros and cons to that. Yeah, local show is a cheaper show. You might be able to get more of your friends there, but your cut is less. And, yeah, I like having people that know me come out, but I'd rather play in front of people that don't know me at all. It's become harder around here to get people to come out, and even the people that you do know to come out. It is. <laughs>
Madness right there from Radiatrix. Those guys are from the Youngstown area, and I'm telling you, they are some kick-ass mother truckers, young guys. Kind of remind you of the movie Airheads, as Uncle Eric said, but they're badass. But right now, more with Scott and Karina. I hope you motherfuckers are really listening, because this stuff is great. It might be moving fast, but there's a lot of information, and you can learn. And that's the idea. Be a pro, positive, real, and original person. And gather as much information as possible. We we've even noticed since since Rippers closed down, and we had, we kind of had our embedded friend base there. You know, you can come up there any night of the week and run into your friends or whatever. Since that place closed down, we've we've seen that our attendance of our friends, our personal friends, have dwindled. And and that happened to me because when I worked at the you know tap house for Randy and Tim, you know, I was the face. You know, I was the you know the tap house TV dude. And you have all these people that are up your ass, you know, and everybody's coming out to your shows, not just there, but everywhere else. But, okay, now I removed myself from there for two years. And, and, and Micah, I will give you credit. Yes, you did offer me to come work for you and everything, but we couldn't meet on things. not trying to shoot shit before anybody fucking gets on there and starts nagging. Uh, Everybody's going to get butthurt. Oh, everybody always does. It all depends. (laughs) And a lot of the older guys, and I'm just going to shoot out there, a lot of these older motherfuckers have been around here forever. They've become so jaded and so angry about shit, and you can't even talk to them. To me, I've never felt like I'm really a part of this scene, and I've been out here, you know, 13 years. But I've always supported it, no Mm -hmm. matter what. Mm -hmm. With the fans, and with I have... But with a lot of the bands, I meet a lot of fucking. You, you know, definitely have your clicks. That's that's for damn yeah. Sure. And I'm 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 no I'm a no click because I like everybody. I I can get along. I can agree to disagree. You know, if you don't side with somebody around here, you get shut out. You know, and I don't and, side with anybody. And you know what? You, you, what else is funny is that compromise is also a, a big tool in this because you know you don't like to play a show more than five bucks you refuse to sell tickets but we've also done multiple shows right so i mean how did that happen yeah and we get along fine <laughs> i mean so there's always a way to make it work it's it, it, it's how much how much effort you want to put into it yeah and know? it's i'm just who i am and and open-minded enough to try to move beyond those things and certain things I honestly see some of the points that you're making but you can't do that with a lot of people around here. You well, can't change, sit. Th- change don't happen overnight either. Right. I mean, you've had you, you've had bands playing for for quarters for years. You right. Know? Yeah. And and now you have all these bars for the last two years bringing Shut bands down. in and clubs closing down. I mean, it, it's it's just that's just a fact of life. I mean, shit like that happens all the time. It, it, it it's what you gain from it and and the steps you take forward that that help you make you who you are. And if you can't change with the times, and if you want to be, like you said, jaded or, you know, stuck on your fence and throwing rocks at your neighbors all the time, it doesn't work. You don't get anywhere. Right. What, what happens is you become a 50 or 60-year-old rock star in your own head who right. never made it anywhere but likes to brag about all these fucking shows you did in the late 80s or 90s that was, guess where? Here. Because right. you've never went anywhere else. Right. And when you tried, you couldn't make it. So, you know, everybody has their story. So when you say you've done it all and you're sitting here telling me about it in your hometown because you were unable to go anywhere else, don't act like like you, you have all the answers. That is yeah. the biggest fucking killer as far as, like, people, the scene. I tell people, and if you listen to my podcast, I tell them where I made my, my mistakes. I had opportunities that I blew because my on my own ego, because no one was going to tell me anything. Right. If I'd have kept my mouth shut in 2008, I went along a little bit, and I couldn't get in the There's no way I could have put on the hip-hugger <laughs> jeans, though. There's no fucking way. It still kills me that they want to put me in hip-hugger <laughs> jeans. 
But, you know, it, yeah, I could have been playing at Castle Donington. Maybe that's a bad example. But there's other examples that, you know, I know where I fucked up. Well, yeah. at least you're willing to say that. Some some of the older musicians act like they never fucked up, like they've done it all, but they no. haven't done anything. No, you know, they're they're changing their apartment every three months. They're changing their job every two months. Right. You know, I mean, so what did you learn in your rock star career? Yeah. I mean, that's not how that's not how it works. And I don't want to see these young kids do the same thing. That's my whole point. Is there's young kids come up behind us, and I hate to use that as an example all the time. That's my whole thing. Is I look at these young guys, like the scenic route, walking in circles. Three Vultures, Radiatrix, all these young bands. I wanted them to have the same experience I did and better. So that's why I try to encourage them and try to try to offer them things, you know, and I don't want to ever treat them like I got treated. Maybe that sounds wrong to some people, but I don't think it is. You know, I, I know the business is shit. You have some of the fucking most crooked fucking people in this business, but you have the most crooked people in every business. Right. Everybody wants to say it's just a music business. No, it's every fucking business. I'm a mechanic. Nobody trusts mechanics. No. You know, exactly. And I'm a promoter, so I'm like the worst fucking person on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Bartender, everyone loves yeah, I know. Saving Grace. That's why your name's in the title. There you go. That's why she's first. <laughs> right, right. But I really enjoy everything and watching you guys. Now that I know that you just... Shit, you're basically as old as the Hellfire Club. Three fucking years. Yep, it'll be three in September. That's fucking crazy. For, for legit shows. I mean, like I said, we were dabbling and we were talking before that. But yeah, we we did not come out so, at, as as a full-fledged... I did not re- like. I said I'm still sitting here. That was the first show. It, it, I'm, I know when I edit this, I'm still going to be fucking sitting there going, "Oh my god, that that's so amazing!" Because it just shows that you are in touch with what you want to do and what needs to be done, you know, from the beginning, and that's a good thing, you know. And for all those people out there, V Promotions, please check them out because you know, for all these bands that are have those things shit together, get with them. You know, I'll be sharing them on my book face. I always do. You know, get with them because there's they do amazing things, and I'm not just you know blowing smoke. What's up for you guys, Nick? We have uh, Year of the Locust. That's June 8th, July 7th. July 7th is uh, My Life's Burden with uh, Single Bullet Theory. We have Screwing for Silence coming August 3rd. Right. Uh, those are all here at the Empire. Um, it, it, it's kind of weird because people always ask me, "Hey, wh- what do you got coming up?" And unless I actually have something booked at that moment, right? Like I all. When it comes to nationals, it's like last-minute shit. You know, they contact you six weeks before the show. Hey, we're going to be in your town. And then we're hashing out deals. So, like, I never – it's not like I have shows booked until Christmas right now. I mean, right. if I did that, then I would fa- fail miserably. Like, well, I, don't, I don't book that far out. One thing is that you, like, book the shows, you get them all together, and then – after that, like the show, the next show is the one you're focusing on all the time. And then as soon as that show's done, then you're like full fledged to the next one. Exactly. So, right. yeah, so we try to spread them out like maybe, like maybe one every three to five weeks. And that's so. smart. That way we can focus on it. Here, here's the thing we, we use social media a lot for our, our promotions. I mean, it's, it, it's, it sounds like it's easy, but it's not, but it's convenient. I mean, a lot of people are on that. You can tag things on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those things. Um, the more shows you have and the more shows you put up, the more people forget about them because you can't focus on that. It, it, it's kind of a brainwashing technique. And I know, know? That, and people get pissed at me because it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, you don't want to over-promote. And, that, and that's what I tried to explain. We had to show, we had you guys on, show here on the 30th of, de- of December, but then we had the next show, and everybody's like, why don't we promote the next show? Well, because if we promote the next show, 
after the. Uh, we I said we need to promote the the next show here at the Empire on the thir- on the thirty first, doing it before we do the other show right. because people are going to say, oh, we can just catch them next time. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. the same. Or, or it confuses people. Yeah, you know, like oh shit, I didn't even know you had a show on that day. I I, 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 I seen the other one. Yeah, and with us, it's like if if we're pushing ten shows at once. People get confused and they're like, "Fuck! I can't, you know, unfollow, unfollow." I, I, I exactly I, I can't watch all this shit going on. So it, it's easier just to say, you know, "Hey, we got this coming up," and I will randomly push our our, our further out shows every now and then. But I, I, I kind of focus on the one coming up the most. That way, you know, you you know it's coming up, and and it's it's also funny because we had three great shows right out of the gate. Four actually, counting Bobby Amaru. Um, we had four great shows here, first four shows of, of the year that we threw. The nice thing was was that it was getting a lot of traffic. Right. And what really pisses me off is like around the time of the show, I see chatter. I didn't even know this was going on. <laughs> yeah. What, you, you mean so-and-so is going to be there Friday? I didn't see it anywhere. I just want to explode. But that also shows you the reach of one person. You know, I can only go so far. The also, promotions page can only go so far. And, and that's another thing. What people don't realize is only forty percent of the people on your on your uh, you know, page itself actually get that in their news feed because of the way fucking Facebook is. There's a lot of shit to it. But there's ways around it. Too. There's I mean, ways around it. You, to, you yeah. need to be able to use the tools that are given to you. Yes, you got to take whatever you have and use it use it as much as possible. Right. And you know, yeah, I would like to get back into you know pushing you know, print wise, but you know even that you, you know, where are you where are you going to put your print? You know that's what people don't think either. Right, you get fined for littering. Yeah. So now you have to embed that cost in your show too. Because now you got all these fines for for litter because you got your website on there and stalking because you're walking around all the parking lots. Yep. And people right. don't realize that's going on in elementary schools. Hey, you're, I, not, you're not supposed to be handing out show flyers at elementary schools. I don't do that. <laughs> I let my daughter do that. Those She's kids are too young to come to the shows. <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, it has become a pigeon-toed thing. Even with that, with the promotion, because there are things like that. I've I've no bands that that put flyers out there, and like you said, and then turned around and got littering, you know, and stuff because their website they were able to contact them. Yep. And the cops were able to come to them. Yep. You know, and it's fucking crazy. Yeah, the day of flyering at the malls and putting on cars, poles and cars. Yeah, those those are those are over. I mean, people are so so stuck up anymore. They're like, get that shit off my Fiat. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know the old it days. worked back then, but now. But see, you can do that on Facebook too, like uh, the yeah. same way. Con- yeah, constantly. You I- see me? I go to all the same sites that you do. The yeah, all the same, all the same groups right. and all the same things. You yeah, learn I, how to tag tag the bands. You learn how to tag the events. You know what to share, what to sponsor. Um, also, I, I don't care how many people like my posts. I don't care how many people comment as long on as the they posts. see it. As long as the shares are there. If I have ten likes and I have two comments and thirty five shares, shares, those are thirty five directions I can't do on my own. And that, and, and that's the greatest promotion ever. And that and, that, and that's I've always said too is like care if you know who comments who likes as long as it's seen and then that's the, how it gets seen as other people you know and that's the and I, I know a lot of those lazy fuckers on my Facebook too they don't like my shit anyways but they share it all the time make it look like it's their own idea <laughs> so I, but I see it because I see the share and then I get the notification but so get, even though you're not liking it I still know you're sharing you get the Hilljack love heart from me all the time right, so right, I don't right. want to hear it right. you know, I, get, I, I, get, I get lots of love from you on Facebook 
because I am. I'm all about the love. I'm all about experience. You know, and when I put that, it's not the yeah, just being. You know, that's why I am. I, I I love seeing you doing what you're doing. Perfect, but yeah, but we're know, trying. You know, yeah, we're working hard. Yeah, if and it's so funny because if I give someone just a like, I've actually gotten message message now because I've always given everybody the heart. If I could give them just the th- the thumbs up, like, are you, you okay, John? Yeah, you mad at me? You yeah. know, it's like, no, dude. So yeah. you, you, do we need to talk about something? Yeah, yeah. we liked it. So, well, I want to thank you guys for coming in. And I'm definitely, we're gonna have to do this again sometime. Maybe just you know, we're, you know, less pressure. But it was great seeing you guys, and yeah, you know, and I'm gonna be doing more of any interviews up here, and, uh, not just for your shows, but everybody's shows. Definitely, and, you're yeah. welcome to come to any of our shows and interview any of our bands. I gotta come to the new Bantam place, you know, you know. Oh yeah, our new place too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll put you to work. We got lots of shit to do there. Oh, then I can't come over because Julian, my son, I'll tell you, I don't like to work. Lots of yard work and painting. Oh, then I'm definitely. <laughs> not coming over. Well, when that's all done, just let me know. So, hey, we'll catch all you mother truckers next time. Keep listening, because there's lots more to come.
Have you ever had the urge to be the emperor, empress, or other powerful ruling figure over your night out of entertainment? If so, you need to come to the Empire Concert Club and Bar in Akron, Ohio. The Empire Concert Club and Bar is Akron, Ohio's finest intimate live music establishment for multiple music genres featuring local, regional, national, and international acts that are both signed and unsigned. The Empire Concert Club and Bar has a top-notch staff that will go above and beyond to cater to your every entertainment need. The Empire Concert Club and Bar also has a wide selection of seasonal, specialty, and domestic beers from around Ohio, the United States, and the world. So when you're looking for the place that provides the best entertainment and treats each one of their patrons like an honored VIP, the Empire Concert Club and Bar, located at 1305 East Talbridge Avenue in Akron, Ohio, is the place for you. Check them out at www.empireconcertclub.com or on Facebook for a listing of all upcoming shows and events. But better yet, stop on by and let the Empire Concert Club and Bar staff make you feel like royalty.
Everything's fine from uh, that little band out of Pittsburgh that I love so much, Skell. You gotta love those mother truckers, and remember they're they're still looking for a drummer. Get on Facebook and check those guys out. And before that, you had Cleveland, Ohio's own Wrath Icon. Mike Damage is doing a hell of a job pushing those guys out there. I'm really digging those guys. And they play the Empire a lot. And I hope to get Skill out here to play the Empire as soon as they get a drummer. But right now, right now, I know there's a lot of you just waiting. It's the scene of the crash with Logan Crash Croslin. Game on. So we had the good, a little bit of bad. Here's where it might get a little ugly. Here's where the reality kicks in. Because it is what it is, people. Sometimes you have to be truthful about things. And this is just shoot interview. And shoot means you just be as real as possible. There ain't a bunch of that fluff shit. So sit back, relax. And for all those people that were ever wondering what was on Logan's mind when he was doing all this shit, this will tell you. Here we go. All right, I'm here at the Empire Concert Club and Bar in Akron, Ohio on Tommage Avenue. Now, I know I was here last week, but hey, what the fuck? Got to come back to a good place because you got to love Uncle Eric. And I got Mr. Crash Logan, one of the good guys. Been talked about in the show before. So, uh, what's going on, brother? What's uh, I've been talked about on the show before. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous now. Tonight you're playing with? Uh, well, you know, I guess we don't really have a name. Uh, <laughs> the, name on the, the name on the poster uh, is Whistle and Dixie. A long time ago, I used to do this uh, country thing uh, with a buddy of mine. And uh, when we were going to play this, we didn't really have a name. So, I was just like, you know, F it. Right, right. So... Can yeah. I cuss on here or no? Can I cut no? What's that? Yeah. Can I fuck cuss? yeah. Oh, okay. All it's right. American Hilljack files, dude. It, it's okay, well yeah, then I was just like, fuck it, let's just use fucking whistle and Dixie. So This is a shoot interview. Shoot interviews are like you just go from the heart, whatever you feel, whatever you do, whatever you you know, whatever comes to mind. So what kind of stuff are you covering tonight? What's you know, what's going uh, on? Oh we're doing some stuff, uh, we're doing uh, Steel Panther, we're doing some Steel Panther covers, uh, we're doing some uh, Theory of a Dead Man, um, yeah, we're doing a uh, we're doing Rusty Cage uh, nice. by Soundgarden, but we're doing the Johnny Cash version of it. Even better. God forbid, I you know I can't sing like Chris Cornell. I don't know anybody that can. No. Uh, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Um, yeah, so like I said, we're doing Steel Panther and Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, we're doing actually we're doing a really cool song. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know it, but it's called Cover of the Rolling Stone. Yes, my brother. Yeah, Doctor so, Hook. Yeah, Doctor Hook. So I'm just know, showing my age. <laughs> Well, see, you know the Dr. Hook version. I originally heard it from Jackal. Uh, well, the, good lead-in. Good lead-in, my Absolutely. friend. Absolutely. Okay, so you're still doing the you know, promoting thing and trying I'm to not. get... You're not. No, okay. no, I haven't done the promoting in quite a while. Now, the, the Jackal situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. from this past December. Yes, this past December. Sure, sure. Perfect. Perfect lead in, my friend. <laughs> Yo, you you graduated, I think, a little bit before me from OCB, which yeah, I is think not- it was uh, twenty fourteen. Yeah, so you, I ca- I came in in August, so okay. you know you grad you graduated a little bit a little bit before me, but we know all the same people and everything. We stay at the feet of uh, Mr. Mike Holico. Love you, brother. The promotion thing, getting into that, you got to see where it's a hard fucking business and the people you're dealing with, right or wrong. Uh, in in terms of what. I'm just going to put out there. I think the whole thing with the Jackal thing was uh, really misfired. What's Jackal known for? Metal? 
uh, redneck metal, Harleys, you know, things like that. So I think that, you know, it could have been, you know, when they said that enough people didn't buy, that I think that the promotion should have been, like, taken to Harley-Davidson shops, the different places like that, and put up. Because a lot of people didn't even know that show was even going to go on until it was canceled. Sure. So here's here's the deal. Because uh, originally, so this is, uh, uh, let's see, this is 2017 right now. So I guess this would have been the first Jackal show at the Outpost in 2015. Which actually went off good, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it went off fairly well. Um, I lost a lot of money, though. Um, really? And here, here's the thing. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, blame this, blame that, whatever. But um, I would say over 90% of the uh, uh, people that attended that show, their, their IDs, uh, they, had, they have CDLs. Ah. So a lot of them are drivers, okay? And so the first time, it was on a Thursday. Uh, right. And the second time, it was on a Thursday. So the first time, you know, I think maybe if it was on a weekend, I think it probably would have done a little bit better because I, I, you know, I think a lot of their fans that the, the, the work day jobs are yeah, they're blue collar, redneck, right? They're not the they're redneck not, motherfuckers they're not office like guys or yeah. retail guys or this or that, you know. So they're out fucking driving trucks or doing construction and this and that, you know, with families and this and that. So and uh, Jackal is not, um, you know, it's it's not like I pay him a hundred bucks to come play, you know. So I think no, the no. prices are a little high. Um, so, you know, what happened uh, the second time, in, which, you know, a, a lot of people don't know this, um, but we did, um, I can't remember the value off the top of my head, but we did very large radio campaign right. um, for, the, for the show that got canceled. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if, if maybe um, I chose the wrong station. If you don't mind, what station were you using? Uh, W-O-N-E. I'm very shocked because you know I, I think that would be the right station, but yeah, I, I was thinking you know that that would have been that was you know my my first choice, but then you know I started thinking you know maybe um, uh, Rock 1069 might have been a good one too, right. um, you know. But the, the, the other thing that was kind of tough, um, you know, the, the, uh, radio uh, obviously is kind of a dying breed, um, but Jackal is the core fan base of Jackal are still uh, you know folks that listen to the radio, right? So I. I, I uh, contacted some of the bigger talk shows in Cleveland. I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking about. The morning and the afternoon shows. Right. And both of them passed on having a band do, do in-studio interviews. Right. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of that. We, 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 did, uh, we did do a little bit of flyering for it. But, you know, you know another thing is, is, is um, you know, I, I probably could have promoted it a little bit better. But I think another thing, too, is Jackal is, is one of those bands. It's it not like uh, I've seen them once. I don't need to see them again. But it's like uh, I feel like it's one of those bands like I just saw them last year. You know, now that they're back again this year. If I miss it this time, I'm sure they'll be back the following year. Well, they're, like I said, they're redneck metal niche type of band. So you you got to really get in with uh, that type of crowd to get in. And like you said, perfect example, though. That is a good point because you know guys that are driving around in the you know the big rigs are the guys that are listening to Jackal. So yeah, you know if it's on a Thursday night, most of those motherfuckers got to work, and of course they can't be you know blowing that CDL chance of getting drunk on a Thursday night and getting busted on a Friday. So you got a right. real good you got a real good point there. And I mean I, you know and I felt so bad because you know uh, d- doing the uh, uh, the original Jackal show, you know I, I got to know Jesse and and you know he's uh, he's an excellent fucking dude. He's ripped off most of my shit from him. <laughs> you know <laughs> when it, when it comes to um, I, you know, I, I've done a lot of shows over the years, a lot of big bands, um, and and I honestly, I was just telling somebody this the other day. I feel like Jesse is like the only motherfucker I've ever met that is two hundred and ten percent, five hundred, a million percent. He, he lives and breathes Jackal. Like, oh yeah, that is like his fucking thing. 
you can take him at face value. He's he's a down to earth fucking dude. Yeah, you know, as far as the production goes, it's the outpost for uh, most clubs around here. Even even the one we're at right now. Um, none of these clubs, in terms of production, are, are very suited for Jackal. Right. Um, you know, they're more suited for uh, the bigger venues in in, uh, in the big cities. Right. But then, at the same token, uh, Jackal is not a very good band to play in Cleveland or, or you know, they, they do. I, I think they do better in you know a little podunk and, and you know B and C yeah, redneck, and red, like I said the redneck fucking metal right. you know is what they are you know right up the alley I think the outpost they bring in a lot of promoters like you guys and they take a lot of advantage of uh, these younger bands just selling tickets they don't do they ain't doing nothing for the scene that's my opinion and you know well, I, you know I, I, I kind of see both sides of, of the spectrum as far as oh, so sales I, go I, because before, before we go into that so do I so you understand I can be a little rough but I've worked both sides of the fence you know, I've worked yeah as a booker at a you know, talent buyer at a club. I've done other shit like that, so I know it's not an easy fucking job. And especially nowadays, when you have motherfuckers, they're not coming out no more. The people ain't coming out no more, you know, because you know you're fighting with Netflix, you're fighting with Hulu, you're fighting with you know all the stuff that you can just do at home. So you got to offer them something really great. But at the same time, uh, from a musician standpoint it's hard for me when i see guys like yourself and other promoters that you know get these guys to sell tickets and they're not getting really nothing out of it but just the national acts get paid and especially the outpost itself i just see they don't give a fuck they just book anybody well you know my thing is is, and you know and i think you and i are are are, you know uh, two different generations um you know, so oh yeah, I'm an old know, bastard. I think, I, I think you you know you probably grew up uh, when people were, you know, like it's fucking Friday, dude. Let's go to you know, let's go to this place or that place and watch some fucking bands. And now it's like, well, like I just said, yeah, it, it's a battle because right. you have everything at home at your at your fingertips. You don't have to you don't have to leave your fucking. House. You can you can get on Access TV and watch a fucking you know live concert from L.A. But you know, they, now they get what's at Quello concerts. You know, yeah, right? you like don't Netflix have Netflix for concerts. Yeah, so, so yeah, so yeah. Even though we're from different generations, I understand it, the game has changed. Like you said, yeah, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I'm one of those guys that I know I feel like shit because through the eight, through the late '80s and '90s, when everybody was just coming out, yeah, I, I didn't promote like the you know I do now. I, I didn't have to. Then I feel like you know guys like us, the older guys, need to fucking step back up and show some of these younger guys. I'll say it as I always do. Like bands like you know, Walking in Circles, Three, you know, Three Vultures. These young bands are coming up behind me. That's your son, right? Three he, Vultures, right? Yeah, that's what he tells me. I, I don't believe him, <laughs> but no, I love you, buddy. You see all these guys coming up behind, you and all these clubs closing up right now. When I first come out here to Akron in 2002, there were seven or eight fucking clubs with their own PA systems. Now, you know, you got the Empire and you got the Outpost, and the Outpost. Like I said, I'm not trying to fucking be a dick about it, but man, I just see like the way they run things is bullshit to me. Well, you know, and 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 I love I love the outpost, and I love the outpost crew very dearly. Um, you know, they've they've been good to me over the years. Uh, if any of the outpost motherfuckers are listening, I love you all. But uh, you know, I think my my only um, my only issue, I guess, with the outpost um, was just that you know uh, one one show in particular, and I'm, I'm not going to say which show it was, but one show in particular uh, last year. Um, the band loaded in, and, and I don't remember why, but uh, something like the barricade or something had to be moved for a second right. or something, and they, they they took it away. And I mean, there was just, I mean, dude, like almost knee high in fucking trash, just everywhere. Okay, so like that was, you know, it wasn't a very clean place. But you know, outside of that, I mean, what you know, a lot of clubs are shitholes, except for the Empire. But uh, you know, even if 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 I was the promoter. 
uh, you know, bringing the Hellfire Club into play, for example. Uh, even though technically I'm the promoter, uh, it's at their club. Um, so I, I think maybe they could have done, you know, maybe a little bit better job um, in terms of promoting shows. That's that, what I mean. I, I, feel, I feel the Outpost takes advantage of the promoters as well as the bands. Well, and, and, it, and when you go, you know, when, um, uh, when you do a show at, at, at the Agora, um, like I partnered up with the Agora um, a couple of years ago, and we did, uh, we, we brought uh, Buck Cherry and, and Saving Able. And, you know, when you run out the, the Agora and you, you do a show there as an outside promoter, I mean, you know, they're not going to promote the whole thing for you, but they're running ads in uh, exactly. magazine and it's a, like a partnership. The outpost just puts it all in you guys' hands, the well, bands you know, and the promoters' and, and, hands. And, you know, the other thing is, is you know, and, and I love Joe, and, and I get how business works, obviously, and uh, you know, with the whole ticket sales thing and all that. But you know, I, I think you know part of it is, and I guess this isn't even necessarily the outpost. This is for any club. There's a lot of clubs. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just like I'm just using that one as an example because right, you right, worked right. there. But that was kind of like my home base. But you know, I, I feel like. Uh, any club, um, you know, if, if, if a promoter brings in um, consistently big shows right? Um, and then they take like a hit, you know, uh, maybe work with them and, and, you know, hey, you know, you brought me a bunch of good shows. I, I know you lost a bunch of money on this one. Let's kind of, you know, don't worry about don't right. worry about the rental costs tonight, you know, or this or that, especially when you'd be one thing if you were doing a show every six months. But, you know. Uh, when you're somebody that was doing continued business exactly. week, you know, week after week after, I mean, just show after show. I mean, you know, to be honest, I got jaded with it, and 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 uh, it's not a secret. I lost a ton of money doing it, um, and that's what, uh, it, you know. I mean, honestly, if anybody's listening that that uh, anybody's listening that wants to get into promotion, uh, it's you know, honestly, you really shouldn't get into it unless you have you know twenty to thirty grand in the bank ready to lose it's a 24 hour fucking a day job when you get into it it is people don't realize that they think that money's just going to be printed no motherfuckers because someone's calling you every fucking day someone's emailing you every day there's always something to do to keep just for just one show let alone if you got four or five in the hopper and it it, it can become overwhelming well i can't you know another thing is 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 everybody's like oh well you know promoters just just line their pockets with money and this and that and I guess this kind of go back, uh, goes back to the ticket sales thing. When if it's, I, I'm, I've been guilty of this too. But um, if if it's just a promoter that is like solely doing local shows and they're charging ten, fifteen bucks, and that's all they're doing, you know, then you know they're kind of just lining their pockets. But you know, it, it's you know, I mean, I've had shows where where I've made a few grand, and the next time, the next show, I've lost five grand and. Right. Even if you make a lot of money, you know that money's not going. That money's going into bringing the next band into town. Exactly. So, but now you know, I, I kind of got out of that, and now I'm doing the exact opposite. And I got a job as a booking agent. So now I'm instead of you know buying shows, I'm selling shows. Right. Um, which obviously there's there's you know little to no risk. Uh, it's a lot more stressful. Um, you get to play with someone else's money instead of your own. Right. <laughs> so. You know, and I'm not the kind, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, I don't believe in, in, in uh, purposely ripping people off. You know, if somebody, if I'm But you get to, your hands tied. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I know what happened. Okay. You, 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 you're excited to do it. How are you, Logan? I'm, t- I'm 22. Okay. So you're excited. You get, you get the opportunity to book these shows. You get these things. But, you, you know, it's the follow through that becomes hard. Now you have a, now in a booking agent, you have someone above you. That can do all the other stuff, but w- when you were in the promoting part, everything was on your head, right? And that's what people aren't looking at. And when it all falls on your head, and like you said, when you're sitting there and you're you know you're going out and you're losing five grand at a fucking clip, it's rough, man. It's it's rough. especially at 22 years old. Now you know, for me, 
using five grand on a on a show, even yeah, it would be big now. But looking at that now, it's like yeah, that's not, that that loses a lot. But on certain shows, it's it's expected because I've been around the business for twenty five years. There's, that happens a lot. But for you at twenty two, just getting into it, when you lose five grand, you're thinking, holy fuck, there goes my car, there goes everything, there goes right. the whole fucking deal. So luckily, you know, luckily I never had any you know awful situations like like that. You know, but that flashes in your head, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there were some crazy times where it's like, fuck, like, how am I going to get this money? But, you know, but, uh, you know, you always work everything out. And I, and I think the, the biggest part of it is, is you can't be, um, you know, if there's any fucking issues with, with anything, whether it's, it's money or it's catering or it's production or this or that, you just you have to fucking be transparent with uh, part of the reason. you got to be a dick. You have in to this be a business, dick. It, it, people don't want to be. Dick, you, you people to, wonder why. People always, you know. You can be such a dick. Well, in this business, once you get a local, local, yeah, and I'm just a local yokel now. I ain't fucking trying to smoke anybody's pole. Once you get to a certain level, if you ain't that dick and you ain't protecting yourself, you're taking the dick. Well, right, and I, and I think, you know, another, um, I think one of the hardest things, one of the biggest learning curves, and I, it was, I, I know it was for me, and, and I know a lot of other promoters that, that had this problem, and I think probably almost every promoter has it um, when they first start out, is that, uh, just because you think that this band is the fucking greatest band on planet Earth, it does not mean that fucking even ten other people fucking think that. I mean, I brought bands in that I fucking love, and I mean, it's went. Don't get me wrong; it's went. It's went. You know, both ways, right? Um, you know, uh, but more often than not, when, when you're booking shit that you, that you like, it doesn't do well, and and, it, and it's hard to, to turn those down, especially when you're you're so you're young a fan. You're like fuck. Like, Exactly. 
No masks right there from my adopted little sister's band, Cronus. Crystal Nose guys are just kicking ass. But I want to get back to the crash, the scene of the crash. <laughs> it's getting thick in here. Um, I I, ain't, I am just as guilty. Yeah, I ain't saying I am any different because once you're a fit, when you're a fan of somebody, if you like something, you think everybody else should like something. Right. So, right. so, but the bottom line is, my dad told me, and I wish I would have listened when I was younger. The only thing that matters for a show is an ass every eighteen inches. Is how many people are coming through the fucking door. That's all that matters. And I didn't get that till I was over thirty. And that's what I mean. So at a young age, like you said, you got the thrill, of the chase. You got that right. thrill, of the chase. You Absolutely. got you got that band that you've been listening to their fucking music for years, and you're getting to book them. But at the same time, like you said, Jackal, case in point is a bad mix for the Cleveland area. The redneck fucking metal. You know? You know, I mean, you know, going back to the whole Jackal thing, I mean, this area, to, to begin with, is, is uh, I mean, you, you see it out there tonight. This area, and, and I've noticed this uh, even from, you know, when I started promoting when I was like eight, 17 or 18. Um, but, you know, I just noticed over time it just progressively got worse and worse. And, like, my shows were getting bigger and bigger and the turnouts were getting worse and worse. The one show that I was a little shocked didn't do as, as well as it would, but it still did better than than expected was uh, a puddle of mud. But ever, like what we talked about outside, we're, people go to the puddle of mud show because they're waiting for the car crash. They are, and you know, and I'll tell you what, man. You know, I got to spend a lot of personal time with West Scantlin, and so you know, and, and I don't think a lot of people get to see what he's like um, off stage. You know, I gotta say, you know, obviously throwing shows and doing this, I've met a ton, you know, of, of bigger musicians and Wes Scantlin was, was seriously one of the nicest guys ever. I, I, it, it's Away from everything, when I met him in Vegas in 2008, the guy's intelligent. To me, he's a lot like me. He's got issues and he's not dealing with them and then when, they come, when he gets on stage, they just all come to a head. Um, I kind of felt bad. You know, if I was still promoting, even if I knew I was going to make a bunch of money, I, I don't think I would do a Puddle of Mud show again. Only because I kind of felt like I was being an enabler. Exactly. Know, by, by paying him all that money. But then at, at the same token, I feel like you know, more so than anyone, and this isn't even, this this is not like a, a derogatory statement to his band members because they were all very, very nice guys. But I, I think if I was in that position, I think I would sacrifice my job to save someone's life. And, and by, by them continuing to enable, to, to, to enable and, and to be but in that's the, the band puddle of mud. They, they they really are contributing to his to his problem. In all honesty, what a lot of people and I'm just putting it out there because you know people I say it all the time. The business is not what it looks like from the outside. Once you go on the inside, all that matters. Once you have contracts, money that's all they care about is making the money. Uh, everybody thinks it's so easy just get out on the road and fucking play. It's not like that because you you are answering to more than just the rock star lifestyle. I did it. I thought the rock star lifestyle was all oh, that was everything. But now I'm sitting here at 43 living with my son. You know, obviously I didn't do fucking make my great choices either. So, you know, when you're looking at this shit, a lot of these promoters get in there and they think, "Oh, okay, well we get we can just fucking we can bring in any band we want. We can get these local bands to sell the tickets and we'll cover everything." But it's really that is what I feel you say about the scene changing and it's not people not coming out. Well, I think that's part of it. I think that it has really killed the momentum of a lot of people because these promoters that do that, they'll just take any band instead of taking good bands. Like tonight. Okay, the band right now is a great fucking band. 
Okay. Yeah, these guys are fucking killing it, dude. Okay. So you got last Saturday we had the six bands we had together. Everybody was on par. Everybody was fucking top notch. And I'm not saying that because my band was on because we were the worst band on it. But it's seriously, you know, in all honesty, that's what I think has happened is you get these promoters. You got to be more selective just because they're willing to sell the fucking tickets. You shouldn't take a fucking band. You should be taking a band based on how many people they bring through the door and how good they are. And and if they fit with the the act that you're booking in the first place, the national act. Yeah, I'm not trying to knock you because I've been in your position. It was a tough road. A lot of things that happened that I'm not proud of, but there was a lot of things that that I was proud of. But Um, did you learn from it? Yeah, and I I, I think here's here's what I think. as As a... Erase what we're doing right here. As a person that I know that you are, because there's a lot of people that respect you at OCB, Ohio Media School now. Yeah, that's funny because there's only a handful of people there that I'm a fan of. (laughs) I'm on me too, but those those people, you know, always said good things about you and everything. I just want to know if you learn from this stuff and if you're taking it into your next job as a booking agent and thinking a little bit better. You know, here's the thing. Um, you know, especially being an agent um, now, it, it's it's a it's a commission based uh, thing. You know, so uh, you know it's a commission based off of what my acts are are making per night. Yeah, asses um, through the door. What's that? Well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, either way, they still got to get their money, whether the promoter loses money or not. You right. Know, granted, I'm not the kind of person to to just flat out rape somebody on a deal to begin with, but I think uh, being on the other end of it, it made me a little more understanding of of uh, you know what these promoters have to deal with, and and especially you know uh, some of these promoters I work with um, are ridiculously big promoters, like bigger than even the Agora. I mean, just way huge promoters. You know, I, I only have a, a few acts in my roster right now that are really really strong uh, acts worth you know decent tickets per night. You know, because I'm still building, um, but you know I, I can kind of you know sympathize um, with the promoters. Um, there's a lot of shitty shitty promoters promoters that are just shitty people to begin with and so it's like if there's a problem with them it's just like literally just like fuck you pay me but you know there's been issues with with some of my bands before on the road and i can sympathize with them to a degree because i i know what it's like and and i've been down that road and right you know like i said i'm not proud of some of the things that 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 had to happen you know at the same time i think people can tell you all, all they want you know Hey, this is a fucking bad idea, dude. This is a fucking bad idea. But until you fucking do that bad idea, that's when you'll learn from it. Right, and that's that was my point. It's just like you got a hot chick. You got a hot chick that you, you're looking at, and all your buddies are telling you she's nuttier than fuck, dude. But you're not listening. You know, you are a fan of these different bands, so like you, you have that young. I'm attracted to this. I can make this work because I like it. But unfortunately, the business ain't like that anymore. Right. So, and like I said, I mean, that's you know, getting into the music business is is a hard learning curve and, and that degree and it's also a fucking expensive learning curve because yeah there is no I, I don't think there's a, there's a fucking promoter on earth Scott Benedum you know tonight I, I fucking love Scott he's a fucking awesome dude but you know I mean he's taken hits before I, I don't think there's a single promoter no that everybody makes mistakes everybody fucks up drop you learn from it you move on and the next show you have you Fucking knock it out of the park. Every everything everything's a stepping stone. I don't want it to be all negative because you did get to do some cool stuff. Some of the cool stuff I did, um, you know, because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to think I'm just you know here laying well, and you're nuts. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, people only care about the drama. So the Alpos is you know the shithole rock club, and and when you look at some of the acts that I brought in, like uh, you know especially like Sebastian Bach, I mean the, the dude's a fucking legend, you know, and I, and I brought him in there, you know, even Jackal the first time, even Puddle of Mud. I mean, whatever Puddle of Mud and the meltdowns, this or 
that. Uh, at the end of the day, I would say Puddle of Mud in terms of their, their catalog at radio was probably the most successful band to ever grace that stage. Not so much anymore. There's bands that have played there recently that are bigger than Puddle of Mud is now. But like I said, you know, in terms of their history, you know, Puddle of Mud, but even some of the 80s bands, man. Cause but some, even with that now, like you said, even with the modern stuff, like it's hard. It's it. No matter what kind of band it is anymore, it's hard because getting those people out of their fucking houses, getting people to come out of their houses, is the hardest right, fucking it's, part. It, it's tough, especially uh, on a week fucking day. You know, it's not like it used to. Like you said, in my day, if you would have put fucking you know wh- whoever on a Wednesday night at a fucking you know the outpost, people would have came out. But now, like you said, it's not that case. I feel like. Looking back on it, I I would say overall, and I still took hits within this world too, but one of the more successful styles of shows were were the the death metal shows, because those fucking dudes... Are hardcore fucking fans. Dude, they will fucking go out and and fucking blizzards and hurricanes. I mean, they do not fucking care. They live and breathe the music. That kind of stuff did well. I think a lot of what happened, you know, like I said, it, it, it's just not being, it wasn't handled the right way. And I, and like you said, you learned your lesson. I understand that you were just doing what you were you know, trying to do with promoting. You, I think that it needs to be given back to where the bands, the local bands are treated with as much respect as the bands you're bringing in. And when you take advantage of bands, I just don't think it's right. Well, you know, and I, I got to say, I, I don't really even know these guys uh, personally, but there's a, a, a company out of Cleveland called Bravo Artist. Right. Uh, and they do Cleveland and, and Columbus. And I gotta say, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but it's every fucking local show that they have had at the Foundry for like the past few months sold out every fucking one. And, and they're and they're handling it well. That's that's, that's like what a, I've heard. That's, that's like a three hundred uh, capacity um, uh, club, um, right? And the fact that you know they're selling those shows out, and and you know they'll bring in touring bands, and and those shows aren't selling out. It's you know I I think it's. Um, I think there's a lot of, of, of variables, especially when it comes to the club level, um, that go into a successful show. And, you know, one, I think it's the lineup. Uh-huh. Uh, two, it, it, it does depend on, on the promoter to, to a degree. For the most part, people don't give a fuck who, who's doing the show. They just want to go. Right. But that does play into effect and, and the venue. And as much as I love the Outpost um, and a number of other people I, you know that I'm close with love the Outpost, there's a lot of people uh, that don't like that place. Well, I just don't like the way they handle things. Uh, I played there many years before. I've played there in the Hellfire Club. I played there in other bands. But, you know, you go out there, and even the way the load-in is and everything, you have you know, all the gear sitting around everywhere and fucking everything. I think it's a big clusterfuck. And then the changeover is bullshit, you know, and they don't promote properly. You know, they take you guys in that are promoters, and they don't help you guys. They're not trying to help the scene. And well, I understand it's business. By far no means, before, you know, because I know you motherfuckers listen, and, I, you know, and I told you when I was out there, if you ever want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. That's my point, is without the local bands, you don't have a fucking business. So if you're going to treat people like shit, it's going to come back and, you know, eventually you know like you said when you got you know 12 people out there for a show for six bands and you're not making no money then it's your own fault and again this is you know no disrespect to the outpost because i i fucking love all those you know all that all those guys the whole crew is fantastic but um you know i've done shows at the outpost and i've done a lot of shows here at the empire in terms of business um there wasn't really much of anything that was compelling to keep doing business at the outpost. Not that they were doing anything to, to turn me away, but there was nothing there that, that was compelling. Um, whereas 
they, they're not attentive. They're not. A, they're not attentive to what's going on with their own club. Well, that and and you know, working with Eric doing shows here, you know, Eric likes to make it fair for everyone. Exactly. And he do, he wants to see uh, everyone succeed with himself succeeding last. I think. Um, yes, most Eric, definitely. Eric is a good fucking dude. Um, but he keeps in contact with you on a basis. So you each know what's going on. Where I know the guys at the outpost just dump stuff in your hands, and then every time you're trying to ask them to do the shit that they said they were going to do, you're playing catch up, and that's where you ran into. Yeah, so that you know that was part of the problem. A little bit was me. A little bit was you know whoever else involved. And, and honestly, sometimes too, um, honestly, it, it sometimes just came down to the bands. I mean, sometimes some of these touring bands just flat out just would not announce their tours, and it's like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like, if I'm fucking paying you money, the least you can do. Um, is is at least just put out a fucking poster that says, you know, I'm going to be in, in Kent, Ohio right. on this day. With yourself, like, you know, with how many posters you can see yourself, you know, you do what you, on the shows, you weren't putting out a lot of posters, you know, and, and then, you know, you're sharing some Facebook stuff, but not enough. thing is, you know, and, and that's part of it, too, is, is I was kind of like a one-man show, and, and exactly. honestly, I mean, to, to, be, uh, to be completely honest, I mean, sometimes I just got scatterbrained, and I was like, fuck, like, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, I'm going to fucking do this, 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 and this, and then you fucking wake up the next day, and, and something just fucking falls apart, so you're dealing with that all day, and you're like, like fuck, dude. Yeah, and I'm not trying to knock you, because I, I go through the same thing myself. I'm going through the same thing trying to do this fucking shit, just this shit here, but hey, I know you got to get ready for ready for your show, and I know yeah, you can watch, but I just want to thank you for taking the time to come in, and I don't want you to think I was lambasting your balls. I really am trying to you know, pick your brain on this stuff, and I'd love to have you back again and you know and talk about this stuff because for me, I know you had the heart in the right place first and foremost. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of I think for the most part, every you know most people realize that it, that it wasn't like a lack of character, any issues that happened. It was more like a matter of this dude fucking bit off more than he could chew. So, that's okay. You're big enough to admit it, and that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was you know it was it was tough. That I'm not glad uh, of some of the things that happened. However, in, in another sense, I am in terms of the, I, I have valuable hands-on experience that'll that, help that, you in the that next. you can't pay 16 grand to go to school and, and exactly. learn. You know, that's where it goes back to the promoting. I mean, some shit you just can't yep. pay for. You have to and learn that's it yourself. Tra- and that's why I was tra- trying to instill in everybody until you get out and experience yourself. That's why I said I, I've worked both sides of the fence. On promoting and you know booking and you know it has the band in so I know you know all sides but like you said until you have an experience but now you can take the experience that you have into the job that you got and exactly just, you know, and try not to make those same mistakes and that's the most important as this old fucker that I am will tell you it don't get no easier you know I'm sitting at 43 and I've made a mountain of fucking mistakes buddy you know I'm on a, <laughs> Uh, yeah, most guys see a blonde in a bar fucking, you know, smashing bottles and, you know, they stay away from her and going nuts. And I say, I got to marry that chicken by her house. And I've done it three times. <laughs> so you're, you're preaching to the choir. I hope you understand when I face you with these things, I just, I'm just being honest. And like you said, it's not about the drama for me. People would like me just to lay on base you and I'm not, you know, to me, I want you know, as a person. Yeah, my thing is the American Hell Jack Pro Series being positive, real, and original. As a person, I respect I respect everything you know. In you know, just saying with you know the limitations that you have, how much you fought to go through school, how much you fought to go through things to get where you're at. But I know I don't want you to put yourself into a position. Well, and I, I think uh, you know, uh, and this could be applied to to music or anything in exactly. your everyday life. Is you cannot be uh, a fucking pussy. I mean, you just can't. You got to suck it up. If you fuck up, 
you get you, you fuck it up and you got to deal with it. If you you got a problem that you can't that is out of your control, you fuck it and just you know move. Forward. I mean, look, I, I'll say this and then I, and then I, I do have to get yeah, we have to be, get to uh, but you know um, if if you don't know, um, I'm crippled. So when I when I, when I was in high school, um, I was a sophomore. And I, I literally got banned from the elevator uh, in high school. What the fuck? I, I got caught eating a girl out in the elevator when okay. I was in high school. And so they, they banned the crippled kid from the elevator. But the point, point of the story is I'm just like the kind of person I really don't give a fuck. And, uh, you know, do you. And if you fuck up. Fix it and move on. Learn from it, and the next time you do it, hopefully it'll be a little bit better for so, you. And that's a pro. That's so. a positive, real, and original attitude. Sure. So, <laughs> hey, well, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I gotta Come get on. him out of here. So, hey, hey, you motherfuckers, keep listening. The Hilljack will be back. I ain't fucking around. So, yeah, uh, keep rocking, keep stalking, and we'll be talking. Hey, thanks for having me.
call live from Chuggers from the Hellfire Club. My little band. I sound a lot better now. Huh. But uh hope you enjoyed those interviews because uh I'm going to be doing more of them. And I want to thank Uncle Eric for giving the American Hilljack Pro Series Radio a little home at the Empire Concert Club. And uh, hopefully we can get this thing rolling the way it should have been from the beginning. So what did we learn today, boys and girls? Let's review. We learned that there are good promoters out there. They're doing good jobs. Like Scott and Karina from VE Promotions. And he has a good mind. And for anybody out there that wants to debate that, please, please, come on here. We learned what not to do and how not to think when doing promoting by listening to Crash. And we also learned that you don't have to be mean. I could have just really hammered them. But what's the sense? The guy's already been kicked down. Maybe he'll do better in his next job, and I hope he does. But while I may sound negative in my delivery of these subjects and others, I do still believe that there's enough of us pro-positive, real, and original people who live to do no harm but take no shit in this country, hell in this world, that if we all put aside all the petty, immature bullshit and work together, we can make a difference in turning this big blue marble around for the better. Like another wise man I share a first name with, my idol John Lennon, he always sang, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the American Hill Jack Files. And make sure to go to APRO Radio for other episodes of this show and some other shows, as well as articles and other stuff for all you mother truckers entertainment. If I offended you, or if Scott, Karina, or even Logan offended you, and you want to debate anything they said or I said, the floor is yours to come on here. Just send me a book face message or email me or something. We'll get you on here. We can discuss it. Just remember, I am who I am. And it's sure the hell ain't Popeye. I am John, the American Hill Jack Lane, telling you to keep pushing through and keep your head down to avoid the bullshit. And as always, here's one of the greatest bands in all the world, American Dog, to send all you mother truckers out the door. Catch you next time on the American Hilljack Files. Now I don't know what you think you know about me or my ways, but I've been doing this so damn long, I'm pretty much here to stay. So when you tell me what to do or what I should be, well, here's what your opinion means to me. It's bullshit. God damn it, bullshit I can't stand your bullshit And I don't like it No sir, not at all Maybe you've got good intentions But I done made up my mind I don't care about fashion Being cool or even on time I've already got my own path And it's much too late to quit Frankly, your opinion don't mean dick. It's bullshit. God damn it, bullshit. I can't stand your bullshit. And I don't like it. No, sir. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah.
Bullshit! I can't stand you! 